good morning. Good morning. And as one person said walking in, happy old year. <laughs> one day left of 2023, and tomorrow will be happy new year. Yeah, happy new year. Uh, it's good to be with you all. Uh, this past week, my family and I were on a trip. Uh, Monday through Friday, we took that week uh, while my kids were out of school to go to Yosemite National Park. And it was our first time for all of us. And it was amazing, mind-blowing. I could show you 150 pictures per day I took of cliffs and waterfalls and all the beauty of it. It is just a cathedral to natural beauty. So uh, it was such a refreshing and fun opportunity for our family to go do that. We got back safely and didn't have to drive through any traffic. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So anyway, I'm riding the high of going to a national park and also having the joy of no traffic. Uh, in addition to it being the new year, this is the final day of 2023. Uh, this is also the first Sunday of the season of Christmas. So we have Advent, which is followed by a short season, the season of Christmas, uh, where we have a change in the color of the vestments. You can see we have white today. And we will continue to have the Advent wreath for this Sunday and next Sunday. So we tell you, you have those lights that we carry from that season of Advent into the season of Christmas, which is a joy. Uh, as you can also see, we do not have a piano player or organist today. However, this last week we heard from Arlene Zimmerman, who's one of our regular uh, organists who comes pretty regularly, three to four times a month. Uh, she's feeling much better. She's getting close to feeling like she can come back, so I'm hopeful we'll get her back soon, and we'll keep our other rotation of uh, Vivian Waltz and Roger, who helps play with piano, uh, who are all great musicians and do a great job for us. Uh, so hopefully we'll have some of them with us in January. Uh, and last but not least, uh, this Friday is my monthly philosophy class. So if you're interested in joining us, for a spirited conversation uh, about philosophy, then please do come at 10.30 Friday morning in the plump, um, not the plum room, the blossom room, right down blossom, uh, the hall past plum room. This month's topic, if you're interested in knowing in advance, is the philosophy of aesthetics. All right, now this is a much smaller and less popular category of philosophy. Not a lot is written in aesthetics. But the central question of this category of philosophy is, what is beauty and what is good? That's kind of the big questions that we'll be wrestling with. And I have some really fun exercises, uh, some engaging dialogue. So it's not just me talking for 45, 50 minutes. If you're interested in coming and talking and engaging the ideas or just listening, feel free to join us Friday morning at 1030. Okay? Well, we're going to begin our service this morning with our first song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. All four of the tunes, all four of the hymns that we'll sing this morning are ones that I'm very familiar with, but if you're not familiar with these, a couple of them are Christmas hymns. Uh, feel free to listen to the first singing of the first uh, verse and then join in as you catch the tune and go along with us, okay? <coughs> Come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some 
first reading of scripture. Our first read Our first reading is Isaiah 61 10 1 to 10 and 62 3. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adores herself with her jewels, 
for as the earth brings forth in snow, should it and as it a garden causes what is sown in it to bring spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nation shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory. And you shall be called by a new name, for the mouth of the Lord will give, and you shall be crowned of beauty in the land of the Lord, a royal diadem in the hand of your Lord, the word of our Lord. Our lectionary psalm for today comes from Psalm 148, and we'll be reading it responsibly. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, your highest heavens and your waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters in all deeps. You sea monsters in all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his commandments. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars. Wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth. Young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I had to get a drink of water because this one is a boisterous hymn. <laughs> joyful, joyful, we adore thee. <clears throat> joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, open to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. 
rejoice around thee, earth and heaven reflect thy rays. Stars and angels sing around thee, center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow, flashing sea. Singing bird and flowing fountain, call us to rejoice in thee. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever bless. Wellspring of the joy of living, ocean depth of happy rest. Thou art Father, Christ our brother, all who live in love are thine. Teach us how to love each other, lift us to the joy divine. And now for our second reading of Scripture. Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God, the word of our Lord. Thanks the Holy Gospel according to Luke, the second chapter. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, 
Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. <laughs> All cultures have preferences and values, things they elevate as they consider them important, things that have developed over time for various reasons. For example, in Central and South American cultures, there are numerous religious traditions that mix and meld Roman Catholicism with the spiritual traditions of native peoples. Another example is the Advent wreath that we have here on the table. Ancient Norse cultures, such as my ancestors in Sweden, had a ritual icon known as the fire wheel. It was a large wooden circle with candles on top, hanging from the ceiling in the great hall. And every autumnal equinox, they lit a candle on the ring on the wheel until winter solstice. And by that point, this ring of candles was fully lit so that the circle of flame was complete, and the belief was that they were calling the sun god back to life on the darkest day of the year. Christian missionaries came along and saw this practice, and without condemning it, they said, we can baptize this and reinterpret it in light of Jesus. And voila, the Advent wreath. There are thousands upon thousands of these types of things, preferences, values, beliefs, that shape different cultures. First century Jewish culture in the Roman Empire context also had these types of things. As we read our lectionary text from the Gospel of Luke today, we read about Mary and Joseph bringing their newborn baby Jesus to the temple in order to offer sacrifices on his behalf. This was a religious practice. This was a cultural practice, and it held special significance for this young family. In verse 22, Luke said, Mary and Joseph brought their baby boy to the temple to, in Luke's words, present him to the Lord. Built into the culture and spiritual practice was this ritual 
of acknowledging that children are a gift to a family. They offered sacrifices. Priests would offer special prayers and blessings, so on and so forth. Now, I think it's safe to say that Mary and Joseph did not expect their baby dedication ceremony to include some of the things that we read about. Luke tells us how a man named Simeon, who was righteous and devout, had been told he would not die before God showed him the promised Messiah. The Holy Spirit spoke to Simeon. There isn't any explicit reference in the text to Simeon's age, but many people assume, and tradition has largely interpreted the text to suggest, that Simeon was a much older man, likely an elder among his people. He hears from God, and he believes God has given him a calling. Imagine now that you are Mary and Joseph, and you're making your way into the temple to present Jesus to the priests and offer the appropriate sacrifices, and while making your way through the crowds and the walkways, an older man walks up and takes your baby in his arms and begins to say, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Luke tells us that they were amazed, but I I would have been like, dude, what are you doing grabbing our baby? (laughs) Of course, that's my cultural perspective talking. But Mary and Joseph are amazed at what they hear this elder man say. My eyes have seen your salvation, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Simeon's prophetic words reveal the beauty and the power and the purpose of this tiny human wrapped in swaddling clothes. He will be a light to the world. God chose to enter human experience through this baby in order to bring light to all nations. At the outset, I started this message by describing cultural preferences and values. And God, it turns out, values all cultures and, through one culture, chooses to bless and heal and save all cultures. We live in a world filled with wondrous diversity. We're surrounded by people of all walks of life, speaking hundreds of languages, wearing the full spectrum of beautiful colors, eating various kinds of food, practicing many different types of rituals and rhythms. Simeon's words really hit me as I was reading this passage. He sees in the eyes and the smile and the coos of this tiny infant the promise of God to bless and illuminate all of humanity. Not only do we have the wondrous picture of these prophetic words being offered over this child, but we also get a glimpse in the story of multi-generational reality of the human family. Simeon is an elder, Mary and Joseph are young adult parents, and Jesus is an infant. Diversity includes cultures, languages, and practices, as well as age. A truly diverse group of people will span the spectrum of age. Now, as if 
one encounter with a prophet wasn't enough, there's a second meeting with a second prophet, and her name is Anna. Luke describes her in verses 36 and 37. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. Simeon's words were powerful, of course, and to be blessed by one elder with a prophetic word over your child is pretty darn cool, but why stop at one? <laughs> Anna is a widow, and she has now, been, now is believed to be 87 years old. But Luke doesn't want his readers to assume that Anna is in any way lesser than Simeon, it's almost as if Luke is trying really hard to make sure his readers don't fall into the cultural trap of thinking that Anna is less important because she's a widow or because she's old. Those were common cultural assumptions at this time in this culture. Widows were often destitute without the care and protection of men and their extended family. Older widows were especially vulnerable. But Luke rattles off Anna's story as if we should be radically impressed by her family resume, not hung up on the fact that she doesn't have a husband. Luke says she's a prophet. Anna is the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She stands in the line of God's people spanning generations. He makes it very clear that this is a prophet. Anna is a prophet. That is no small title. And to give such a title to a woman reveals Luke's respect, not just for Anna, but for the fact that God utilizes women in all offices of leadership. Like Simeon, Anna waits for a promise. She listens for God's voice. And when the opportune moment comes, Anna is given the gift of seeing the baby who is destined to bring salvation to the world. Luke tells us she worshipped constantly and regularly fasted and prayed in the temple. She was attentive to God's spirit and God's voice. She had a soft and open and prepared heart to hear what God wanted to say to her. And our story concludes in verses 39 and 40 by saying, When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. One of the great mysteries of the gospel story is the space between this story, Jesus' infancy, and the story of him being 12 years old, which is like a paragraph, and then the gap between age 12 and age 30. <laughs> There's this long gap of space. We just don't get much information on those years. But there's a host of beautiful things we can draw out of this story for ourselves today. Additionally, one of the key things I want to focus on is the representation of all ages in the text. I've already alluded to it a few times, but Simeon and Anna are no spring chickens. But that's not a bad thing. In fact, it's a gift. Mary and Joseph are brand new parents, and I imagine they look like most young parents. 
beleaguered and exhausted from late-night feedings and ear-ringing baby crying. That's what it's like when you have a baby. I'm almost certain the guy who wrote Silent Night never had a newborn baby in the house. Because when you have a baby, it's not usually quiet. <laughs> and along come these two elders, one a man, the other a woman. They stop this young couple, they offer words of blessing, they prophesy, and they reveal one of the most important truths about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. If you're not dead, you're not done. As long as your feet are on earth, you're not retired from the ministry. <laughs> you have opportunities to do work. I know many of you have heard me say this before, this if you're not dead, you're not done phrase. But it's clear that God doesn't care how old, how young, how tall or short, how strong or weak, how smart or simple a person is. If their heart is open, God can and God will use them. God can and God will use them. It is an unfortunate fact that in our culture, there is a preference for or a privilege given to those who are younger and more physically able. We are a driven and ambitious culture, and we often have a broken cultural preference that says people are only as valuable as their capabilities. Maybe some of you wrestle with that, feeling less valuable because of that message coming from our culture. But I'm here to tell you today that that's a lie. A lie that you can rip up and throw away in the trash can. It's so not true when it comes to God. God chose to use numerous people after they turned 80, and some well into their 90s. Abraham and Sarah are quite old when they get their first child in their family life. Moses is 80 when he leads the people of God out of slavery in Egypt. Daniel is 80 when he's in the lion's den. Simeon and Anna are elders in this story. You see, it's all over the text. Age is just a number in God's eyes. The question we all need to ask ourselves is what are we going to do with the time that is given us? Do we have soft hearts like Simeon and Anna? Are we open to listening for God's voice? Are we paying attention to what God invites us to do in our sphere of influence? Are we looking for where we can bless, encourage, and uplift those around us? Those are great questions, really important soul reflection questions. So as we make our way into a new year, 2024, Keep your eyes open, your hearts soft, your spirits attentive. Listen for the voice of God speaking and notice the movement of God around you. You may be 80 years old and struggling with your hearing. You may be 90 years old and struggling with your sight. You may be 100 years old and struggling with mobility. You may be any age in between these and not struggling with any of these, regardless God loves you, and God has purpose for you. God can do amazing things in you and through you, and God looks at the heart. So may all of us look forward to this new year with hope and expectation 
May we prepare our hearts to move with God's Spirit. Amen? Amen. 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 Our next hymn is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. <clears throat> Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the newborn King, Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hailed Jesus, our Emmanuel, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Hail the heavenborn Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and light. To all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that we no more may die, born to raise us from the earth, born to give us second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. And now we will receive our offerings. <clears throat> Praise God from whom all blessings Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. 
He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. And now for our offertory prayer. Let us pray. God of hope and joy, we offer our gifts in reflection of all you have given us in the birth of Christ. Hope, peace, joy, and love. We listen that we might not miss you, and our eyes see your salvation. Help us embrace your extravagant generosity as we give ourselves to others. In our Savior's holy name we pray. Amen. At this point in our service, we would normally have our prayer for the congregation, but in light of the fact that today is the final day of 2023, I felt like it would be an appropriate time for us to remember those who our neighbors and friends have passed in the past year. So in the next few moments, I'm going to read for you a list of the names of those who we've said goodbye to in 2023. And after I finish reading the list, I'm going to invite us to take a moment of silence to remember them, to think about all of our fond memories that we've shared with them. And I also invite you to consider this as an invitation, in light of what I talked about in my sermon, uh, to think about how much time we have left, because we don't know. We don't know what that clock looks like. And so as we remember our loved ones, our neighbors and friends, we can also be mindful of the gift of time, however much we are given. These are the names of those who passed on this past year. Saeed Shabazi, Lorraine Wheeler, Bob Wong, Rama Mehta, Franca Rosa, Earl Gagno, Norma Jean Witteman, Robert Stainton, Jean Greenbow, Lois Pryor, Margie Struble, Herbert Lord, Susan Pratt, Dean Hansen, Maxine Chisholm, Eugene Jellison, Macy Barnes, Arthur Bashford, William Mominy, Betty Pat Hansed, Wilhelmina Smith, Jirong Zhang, Ruby Hilliard, Loretta Marks, Anna Hogel, Shantabin Datta, Mike Hemmel, Francis Lusk, Vernon Sprout, 
Armando Lopez, Stanley Moline, Lloyd Burkhart. For the next moment, I invite you to join me in a reflective moment of silence. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for our brothers and sisters whose names we've read today. As we look back on the year 2023, we can look back at times in which we laughed, times in which we cried, times in which we felt tremendous joy, and times when we felt debilitating grief. Lord, we are thankful for our friends who we were able to know, family members, loved ones, neighbors. This list is very special, very special to you, very special to us. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in each of their lives and for the opportunity we have to remember them today on this hinge day, preparing for a new year. We do not forget them, Lord, We thank you for their lives. We thank you for the gift that each of them was to us. We thank you, Lord, that as we've read these names, we're also mindful of the gift of time that you give us. Help us to be cognizant of that gift, to be mindful of each day, so that for the opportunities we have in front of us today, we would be wise, that we would be kind, that we would be present and aware Help us, like Simeon and Anna, to be people of soft hearts, receptive to your voice and movement around us, acknowledging where it is we see you at work so that we can jump in and join you in the work that you do of loving people, caring for people, providing for people. Speak to us, we pray. Bless us, even though, as we've read this list, we may grieve. We also know that we have hope in the other hand hope for a new year, hope for the future. And we pray, Lord, that you would provide that hope each and every day. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And now, together, praying the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our closing hymn is Go Tell It on the Mountain. Go tell it on the mountain, 
upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. And as a reminder, you're more than welcome to join us in the plum room for some coffee and treats and some fellowship time. Later this week will be philosophy class on Friday and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you.